Yes, I mean, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster ride, and I've got my eyes closed, and I'm not strapped into my seat. And well, that's that's <laughs> what the you three idiots get for asking. <laughs> I know. We <laughs> gentlemen, Chickalini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. The last thing the podcast world needs, three more idiots with a podcast. Too bad. We're here to debate the hottest topics of the week. Who will be today's biggest idiot? I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah. And welcome to another episode of the Idiots Podcast podcast about anything everything and nothing at the same time a true miracle we simply go where the frigid icy below zero tangent winds take us <laughs> i'm the host the star of the show the premier idiot steve this is episode 27 Ooh. can you believe it wow, 27. and joined by us is my right hand man bob hey steve how are you and Italian Joe. Steve, how are we doing? I'm Bob, sorry. I'm how sorry. are you? Hey, Joe. We're good. Good. What Real can good. I do for you on today? The wedding of my daughter. I the day of my wedding. I need you to take care <laughs> Man, of that thing. You can edit this, right? I need you to take care of that thing. I need that thing. I need that thing. Hey, all weekend I watch Godfather and Goodfellas. So, yeah? Yeah. So you're in the mood tonight. Yep. Get some Italian stuff going on. Some pasta. It is cold outside, fellas. Real cold. Have you guys been dealing with the cold weather? Okay, Bob, I guess you had a little bit of a... (laughs) Yeah, you know, your furnace picks the coldest day of the year or the last (laughs) 10 years, maybe, to... Uh, to crap out, so that was yeah. fun. Yeah, you're not got it fixed within a half an hour. It though, is so polar vortex hell here in Buffalo. Polar plunge. It's always vortex hell in Buffalo. Polar vortex. Who came up with polar vortex hell? Well, I, I came up with the hell part. Who came with came? Who came up with polar polar vortex? Probably a millennial. I mean, what is that? Yeah. You know, now they're giving storms, like any storms, names like hurricanes. It has to do with the gravitational pull and the rotation of the Earth. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> well, we've got we've got what I think is going to be one of our best shows yet. We are going to discuss the polar vortex kind of stuff. Global warming, climate change, whatever it's called these days. Is man heating the planet up? Is the planet just doing what the planet always does? We're going to have a discussion with a couple scientists who have agreed to join us to join us, which is absolutely amazing. That they'd agree to join the Idiots Podcast. It's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. And they have differing views on the subject. Climate change science, a sneaky agenda, or our world's last hope. Uh, But first, do you guys know what time it is? Bob, do you know what time it is? Uh, News headlines. You got it right. All right, let's get it started. So before we get into climate change and that serious topic let's talk about the face tattoo that a new zealand born singer she posted on her i don't know instagram yeah instagram with a tattoo on her face and the tattoo which is okay i mean people get tattoos on their faces which is really stupid (laughs) but an la-based tattoo artist romeo lacoste is taking credit for this and we're going to post this on our website at idiotspod.com. you got to check this thing out. 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. If you know Harry Styles, one of the hottest <laughs> artists in the last five, six, seven years, mm-hmm. tattoo of Harry Styles. I blame Mike Tyson for the tat- face tattoo trend. Uh, that's, yeah, uh, yeah he was one. He was one of the pioneers of the marking yourself up for future job interview put down turn downs. I know. I remember seeing him when he had his tat first had his tat. I'm like, what? Yeah, right. He was way outside of the norm. You don't blame the, outside. You don't blame blame all the guys in prison who get all the face tattoos. Come no. on. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Another story here. This is a few days ago, but a woman was trapped in an elevator over the weekend. And she wasn't rescued until Monday morning in New York City. This was crazy. Did you guys hear about this? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she, firefighters responded to her building on East 65th Street in Manhattan around 10 in the morning. And she was in there, I mean, a tiny little elevator between the second and third floor for the entire weekend. Can you imagine being... What would you guys... I, I, well, I, I would never let that happen to myself. I just picture myself never letting that happen. I would be Clint Eastwood chiseling away at the wall. <laughs> I, there's no way I would let that happen. If it's in a building with other people, how did she not make I, noise? I, I, think it was, I think it was a brownstone that she was cleaning and maybe the family was out of town, something like that. Oh. Yeah. She was trying to get out. In fact, they have her on recording screaming for help or trying to get help. She was doing it in kind of a unique way. I guess she had like some sort of musical instrument with her, like a child's instrument. So here's here's the, the sound of her trying to get out over the weekend. Are you serious? That poor woman. I, I, I would have walked by and said, someone's having fun in there. What the I think heck? she got herself stuck in there on purpose. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, I love this story. Authorities said they found several bottles of pure vanilla extract when they pulled a woman over driving. And the story goes, they smelled vanilla on her bat- breath. <laughs> Her speech was slurred, and so she was cited for DUI because she was <laughs> she was uh, choke, choking back some vanilla extract. <laughs> I heard of mouthwash. Yeah, mouthwash, but absolutely. Not, yeah. Vanilla. But, I mean... Certain spaghetti how, sauces. How much does it I cost mean, to buy as much vanilla extract as you might need? Well, I don't know. It's 41% alcohol. So. Wow. But anyway, she was arrested, and she failed a sobriety test, and now she's in trouble. Great story. That's yeah. wonderful. Okay. Drunk kind of vanilla. Compelling okay. and rich. Bad news for Kevin, who's not here. Uh, Democrat porn star is ending her long shot at a 2020 bid to become president of the United States. <laughs> her her slogan was "Make Make America effing awesome again." But her campaign failed to get off the ground, so she called it quits. And her name is for Bob would know her very well. It's Sherry Deville. Her. Bob, Bob is, is she hot, Bob? I'm trying to find your link. I don't see the story. <laughs> no, from what you remember. Is it <laughs> hot? Yeah. <laughs> Carolyn Pepperosi is her real name. She announced the presidential bid a, well, about a year and a half ago. I definitely never heard about it. No. I would have voted for her, though. So she decided that she wants to throw her support behind her, what she calls... The love of her life. Can you guys guess who the love of her life is? He's a uh, politician. I think it's her spirit animal. Yeah. 
No. Joe? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, Bernie Sanders. You got it Am right. I right? You got wow. it right. Bernie Sanders. Of course, our top story after we did all those silly stories is the polar vortex. Uh, it's record low temperatures across the country. There are deaths from the storm. It's, I mean, we are looking at temperatures double digit minus wind chill craziness temperatures and a student at the University of Iowa is found frozen to death outside at three o'clock in the morning. Did you guys hear about this? I saw the headline earlier. Yeah, I that's I mean that's crazy. What's a what's a college kid doing outside at three o'clock in the morning when it's uh, twenty two degrees below? Zero? Walking right. home to the dorm after the party. I mean yeah, he's drunk. Pretty, yeah. Pretty common. Fell into the snowbank, thought, oh this is comfortable and <laughs> I not guess that I so. would know. I mean, it was sure, Bob. It was twenty. Yeah, it was twenty-five degrees below zero. Not wind chill. It was twenty-five yeah, degrees crazy. below zero. So it, he probably froze in like twenty minutes, right? Yeah. Joe, Bob, what do you guys know about climate change? Anything? Personally, I don't know enough. Yeah, don't know enough. You probably need to learn more, right? Probably do. I'm skeptical. I don't really know that man is causing the climates to increase uh, the climate to increase <laughs> wow i know a lot about climate change the climates you know they increase they get big climates uh i don't know that the temperatures are going up because of uh, man activity um, human activity uh so i'm skeptical seems like there's more going on behind the scenes with climate science than we probably know so joining us now to help us idiots with this hot topic you get it us idiots with this hot topic, okay? If you have to explain it. <laughs> I know. Is Dr. Royce Spencer. He's a meteorologist and principal research scientist at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Dr. Spencer is known for his satellite-based temperature monitoring work. That sounds very intricate, for which he was awarded NASA's Exceptional Scientific Achievement Medal. And he is also the author of Global Warming Skepticism for Busy People, now available on Kindle. And you can guess his stance, I suppose, by that title. And you can check out his website at drroyspencer.com. And also, Dr. Charles Mitchell, professor and director of graduate studies at the State University of New York at Buffalo. Professor Mitchell, a graduate of Harvard University in 1983, specializes in paleobiology, bostratigraphy, Appalachian Basin History and Ardovician Geology. <laughs> and I didn't pronounce any of those right. And in fact, when I typed that out of my script, the little red squiggly line came under all of those words. So I'm not even sure if they are real, but I'm sure they are. Okay, so gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Honestly, I have to ask before we start, when you got an email from us that was from the Idiots podcast, what kept you from deleting that email right away? <laughs> Well, this is Roy. Uh, I, I didn't delete it because I work in climate change. Okay. So. Good, good, good. And how, how about you, Dr. Mitchell? Yeah, more or less the same answer. I don't work on modern climate change. Right. I work on ancient climate change okay. from a paleobiological perspective. Right, right. Okay. So let's get a, this conversation going. Um, I don't need to tell you, but, you know, Dr. Spencer, a lot of people think that you're a fringe element, uh, an extremist for your stance on climate change and, and specifically not believing that man is causing it or maybe not to the degree that science, the science community says. Uh, why don't you give me your background and how you got into it? To give it about two, three minutes, please. 
Well, I've been uh, working in government-sponsored climate change research for, I guess, over 25 years. Uh, that's how long John Christie and I have been doing the global temperature monitoring with satellites. Uh, our main interest is monitoring global temperatures uh, as well as understanding how sensitive the climate system that is. That's, uh, that's sort of the holy grail in climate research. Mm-hmm. Uh, is figuring out the sensitivity of the climate system to how much CO2 we put into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, John and I are both considered lukewarmers. In okay. other words, we're sort of middle of the road. That gotcha. uh, that uh, we do believe that the CO2 being added to the atmosphere is causing some warming. What we dispute is that the amount of warming that's occurring mm-hmm. is uh, large and dangerous. We think it's relatively benign, but we really aren't sure. There's just a lot more uncertainty than the public is being led to believe. Okay, got you. And Dr. Mitchell, um, tell me a little bit more about what climate change science means to you and how you've kind of come to a point at which you're you're convinced that climate change is a problem for the future. Sure. So, so my work grew out of a study of the biostratigraphy, as you said, looking at the distribution of organisms in the past with uh, an effort to try to understand their timing of coming and going. And and in the process of that, I and a number of others have discovered that there was a large mass extinction at the end of the Ordovician, uh, during which uh, a very large fraction of species alive at the time became extinct. And that mass extinction is associated with uh, abrupt climate change. Mm -hmm. There was an episode of global cooling followed by an episode of global warming and extinction at both of those two pulses of climate change. And um, one of the things that you see when you look at that is that organisms change sort of gradually for a while. The communities are are, are losing diversity and the composition is changing. And and then at some point they cross a a threshold and, and everything sort of falls off a cliff. And so my concern about the current situation is that you know, there is uh, the prospect of there being a cliff out there. Uh, and as Dr. Spencer said, there's a lot of uncertainty about where that cliff is. But depending on how much climate change arises from what we're doing to the atmosphere, it may be closer and steeper than we think. Gotcha. So is your take basically kind of kind of, you know, overshoot the target or do what you can no matter what, just just in case it's as serious of a problem as we think? In terms of policy well, that, and legislation? Yeah, I, I do think that it's worth taking a, a conservative approach to this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like the way we buy life insurance. You don't expect to die at 45, mm-hmm. but, but there is some slight possibility that'll happen. And, and it's worth investing a little money in buying insurance in case that does. Right? Right. It's a bet you hope to lose, but, but it's a bet that you can't not take. Okay. And I think listening to the cautions of, of the, the majority of climate scientists is, is a wise move. I think it would be hard to change our mind if they turned out to be right and we didn't do anything. Okay. But if we do it, uh, I think the consequences of, of them being wrong and, and us overshooting are, are much less severe. And so I think prudence says we ought to be real cautious and, mm-hmm. and take good actions now while we can. Dr. Spencer? Well, I can take that prudence argument and turn it around and look at it from a different perspective. Uh, Poverty is the leading cause of premature death in the world, and it always has been. 
there are still a billion people in the world that don't have electricity. If there was some sort of alternative energy, non-polluting energy source that was already available at, you know, relatively low cost compared to fossil fuels Mm -hmm. and widely deployable, I'd be all for it. The trouble is, is such an energy source does not exist. So unlike um, Dr. Mitchell, I prefer to err on the side of what we know to be true, which is we can prevent deaths today uh, rather than act on uh, theoretical threats far into the future when we don't even know what our, you know, by the year 2100, we don't even know what our energy source will be. Uh, Dr. Spencer, what would, ago, what would be the harm in, as, uh, as Dr. Mitchell talks about, as, as it's essentially like buying a life insurance policy, that if the worst of what's predicted is true, what's the harm in taking action that might prevent that from happening or being as severe as it could be? Well, as I, as I alluded to, it's because the cost of the insurance policy far exceeds what you're trying to insure. Uh, if okay, you're, you wouldn't pay, you, you wouldn't spend twenty thousand dollars a year to insure your house. You would take your chances. We can't replace the earth, though, right? So it shouldn't cost. It should cost whatever it needs to cost. But I'm kind of with you. It's like, how do we know that what we're doing is actually harming? Like fossil fuels. I understand that people with cars and putting out <clears throat> CO two, but it's stuff that we've taken from the earth. It's just coming out back into the earth in a different way. So it's almost like it's the Earth will go through like a reset. Is what I'm saying. Like you kind of, it's going to well, heat up. It's going to heat up too. and then melt, and then everything will freeze again. We'll go through a cool spell. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's, well, it's zero degrees outside now. About, yeah. Yes. Go ahead. The amount of warming we're talking about is too small for an individual person to feel in right. their lifetime. Generally speaking. Okay. So it, you know this is a small effect. We're still not sure how much of recent warming is our fault because it warmed a lot from around the 17 and 1800s until up until about 1940. Uh, so there's a possibility of natural climate change going on too. The, the energy imbalance in the Earth system responsible for recent warming is about one part in 250. We do not know any of the energy flows in and out of the climate system to that level of accuracy. What they do, what climate scientists do, is they develop computerized climate models, which are adjusted, just ad hoc adjusted, to be balanced in energy flows, which means they assume there is no natural climate change. Then they add CO2 to to the model, which of course is gonna change the temperature of the model. And then they say, see, the models support man-made climate change. Well, it's a circular argument because it's what they assume to begin with. Right. Well, I, I, I kind of understand all There's that. There's another way one could look at this as well, which, again, is to sort of take the long-term geological uh, approach. And your, your listeners might want to go take a look at uh, just Google Keeling Curve, K-E-E-L-I-N-G Curve. Which is, uh, a si- if you follow that, there's a script site that shows you the composition of the atmosphere over a bunch of different times. And one of the really interesting plots is the one that shows cli- uh, carbon dioxide concentrations over the last 800,000 years. 
And what you see in that curve is that over that period of time, when we were having major ice advance and retreats, right, major glaciations, here in Buffalo, we had a mile and a half of ice right over our heads 10,000 years ago. The carbon dioxide content of the atmosphere in the interval of the glacial advance retreat cycles was changing, oh, by about 75 parts per million. And since pre-industrial times, we have added about double that much to the atmosphere. Um, the, the climate was oscillating over those 800,000 years as, the, as concentrations of the atmosphere went up and down. There was some uh, additional forcing as well from other sources, but those are not what's going to be affecting our uh, climate now. And, and so the concentrations of the uh, carbon dioxide certainly do make a big difference. You can see that from how the climate has changed over time, both on this recent, relatively recent scale of glacier advanced retreat cycles, but also over the longer geological time. The correlation between temperature and carbon dioxide is, is perfectly clear. And so I think there really, uh, despite what Dr. Spencer says, there really is very little uncertainty about the effect that carbon dioxide is going to have. There is a range of possibilities from bad to super bad, but <laughs> the idea that it's really not going to do very much is not a centrist idea at all. And so I think the insurance idea that I talked about before is a lot more important than 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 he's willing to admit. Okay. Well, and in addition, let me say okay. that that if we were thinking that the money we were going to spend on buying insurance was really going to help the people who don't have electricity, I might be willing to listen to that argument. But for the most part, that's not where the money that we wouldn't spend on buying insurance is going to go. Right. Mostly, we spend it on ourselves. We spend it on our SUVs and. We spend it on flying to the tropics and so forth and so on. All right. So, in I, fact, there are quite a lot of relatively simple things we can do that aren't particularly painful that can make a quite substantial difference. Okay, right. so for common for common idiots like me, Bob, well, me and Joe, Bob, not so much. Yeah. You know, I, I love hearing about geological scales and CO2 counts and, you know, the, the data that's compiled. But I'm about to fall out of my chair. So <laughs> yeah, I, way over our head. And, and, you know, I'm telling you for, for people like us, it's a nice picture. It's an easy picture to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster ride and I've got my eyes closed and I'm not strapped into my seat. And, well, that's what, that's what the you three idiots get for asking. <laughs> I know. We, like you guys brought the yes, intelligence level way, way higher than we have ever so, been. I mean, you guys in two days have learned more than probably the three of us combined in 45 years. But here's what I'm trying to get at is, well, you know, know we, we depend on the science community one way or the other. And we make our decisions right. based on, like when you said, go to that website, okay, I would be yep. happy to go to the website, but as soon as I get onto the internet, I'm going to Facebook, and I'm <laughs> yeah, going to find yeah, yeah. out what the ex-girlfriend's doing because that's what I care about, yep. right? So, yep. I'm just kidding, honey. I mean, she's going to hear this. Um, so, but here's the here's the here's the the here's the part of this that really gets to me. Okay, is they both are compelling arguments. Okay, now, mm. Doctor Spencer. Okay. He is, you know, considered really um, a heretic when it comes to his position. And I'm made to believe that he, I really shouldn't pay attention to him because science 
is, you know, it's determined. The, you know, global warming is caused by man, and it is a, it's serious business. So whenever I even bring up my views of skepticism with those who believe in climate change, I bowl with this guy. And he just looks at me like I'm an idiot, which, again, I do have a podcast called Idiot's Podcast. Why is that? Why is there so much pushback against anybody who might say in a science community, hey, can we take a look at this again? Um, Dr. Mitchell, why? Well, so the science is built around skepticism, right? That, I mean, that is why we are all scientists. And, and this is also one of the reasons why I think you do trust science in general, right? Is that we work hard. Individual scientists can be wrong, right? Despite how hard we work. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a variety of different reasons, but but the, the the community of science as a whole gets it right over time. They may not get it right immediately, or not always right in the first time. Okay. But over time, we come to a consensus about issues. We we know how to make bridges that don't fall down. For, we know how to make nuclear reactors. So, that so you guys get Ill. you guys they get along. Predicted, right? You guys get along better than the Republicans and the Democrats right now, right? Here's what you're saying. <laughs> well, I think in general we we share a certain approach to solving problems, right? And right. and in that process, people who who question the accepted wisdom are are an important part, right? But there is a phase at which skepticism crosses a line into in sort of a perverse denial, yeah. right? Okay. And and so I think that's the the place where we have to be a little bit careful. And, and I think the other place we need to be careful is is why we give credence to particular views, right? Is it because they reinforce something we would like to be true? Mm-hmm. Or is it because they're well-grounded in understanding? Dr. Spencer? Well, I, I've got to bring you back to remind you that I believe that the CO2 we're adding to the atmosphere is increasing the temperature. I'm not denying that that exists. Mm-hmm. I'm, an, I'm supportive of the central conclusion of the most recent United Nations Intergovernment, Gover, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Report, which concluded that most of the warming since the 1950s is very likely due to humans. The trouble is when you look at the details of what that means, and I, I basically agree with that statement, that it's not very alarming. We're talking about amount of warming that is relatively benign. And I'm not ready to start forcing much higher energy prices Hmm. on people of the world that are, you know, the people that are in poverty, not allowing them to bring themselves up out of poverty is what ends up condemning millions of people every year to premature death. So that's kind of like okay. the term, the expression, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, it's just going to the extreme. What, why the pushback against alternative energy? Hmm? Why the pushback against alternative energy or, or renewables? I'm not against them per se. I'm against them if they cost twice as much. What if they cost 10% as, more? then I would probably be for them. It would be, I, that would get into the realm of, of um, the Sensible insurance, insurance absolutely. Okay. Right. So, you know, once it reaches that level, then I would say, fine, you know, it's, it's worth the risk. 
uh, to go ahead and pay a little extra. The trouble is, right now, it's paying a lot extra. Ask some of the countries what's, what's in that Europe based what upon? their experience has been. Well, for instance, Germany. They've spent decades investing hundreds of billions of dollars into solar energy, and they are now paying the price. The energy, you know, electricity prices in Germany are now three times what we spent. But Germany is also okay, a thriving economy of, and one of the global leaders in well, just about any realm. Except their industry is fleeing Germany. Read up on it. They are in trouble financially. Hmm. So let me ask a question here, uh, Dr. Mitchell. What would it mm-hmm. take for you to, to change, to sh- have a shift in your belief about climate change being caused by human activity? Well, I don't think there's any question about that. Dr. Spencer agrees that climate change is caused by human activity. So well, I, guess, uh, I can't I guess. imagine a circumstance where we would. The, the, the crux of the issue is how much warming is there going to be, right? Mm-hmm. That's the crux of the issue here. Um, and there are a lot of different projections about it that have quite a range uh, of outcomes. Mm-hmm. And, and in some of those projections, it's not very much. And in other projections, it's quite disastrous. I guess I would also say that that in terms of these predictions, uh, a a substantial body of evidence now suggests that we are already seeing substantial changes that are causing real effects in the ecosystems around us, right? Birds are arriving earlier in the spring and leaving later. Uh, We're seeing changes in flowering times of plants and changes on the reefs and changes in productivity in the oceans. And so I think there is quite a lot of reason to be to be alarmed and to be willing to pay the costs that we need to pay. But but again, a lot of what needs to be done is really to think about living slightly differently. This isn't really in, entirely a question of what we pay for energy. Right. No, I, I agree with that. Like I try to consume you know, less plastics, not drive as much. Um, I hope you fueling. don't eat any plastics, Joe. Well, as far as like They're not funny good for Steve, your digestive system. But, like, <laughs> although some of them are in your water. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Steve, All those little micro beads. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. They stopped that. Joe's the reason well, why I don't believe in evolution. Okay, go right. ahead, Joe. Well, it's funny because Steve and I had a conversation about science and how do you believe that this is actually true about dinosaurs? You haven't seen a dinosaur. Okay, don't get know, into but that's that. A whole that's story. a whole other story. But um, when do you think like there'll be a a catastrophic event where? will be wiped out? Like, is this something you're going to see in your lifetime or your kid's lifetime or your grandkid's lifetime? Again, that depends a lot on which of the predictions comes uh, true, right? Right. I'm, because personally for me... I think we're looking at the possibility yeah. of quite catastrophic change right. relatively quickly. Are we going to get to see Josh Allen play football next year? That's right. all that's I care it. about. <laughs> we're yeah. on a year-to-year basis here. That's not a problem, right? Yeah. People but, are like, really bad at, at dealing yeah. with long-term projections. Because... Right? We tend to think short-term, right? What This quarter, am I? what profits am I going to make? Right. right. What am I doing this month? When are my right. kids going to go to college? These are important, real, meaningful questions. I don't but need to denigrate any of them. I guess, I guess it's I think just... we do need to take a long view. Right. Because did, let me ask you this, did the people before us back in the 50s and 60s do anything to stop it then? See what I'm saying? So those people are getting to the point where they're no, old and they're going to be course. dying. They, so, they would claim ignorance, right? right. I mean, well, yeah. For, were dumping stuff on the ground up, for, at, up at West Valley. And, and, oh, yeah, and then Love, Love Canal know. and all that fun stuff. Love Canal. And, but it's... Uh, I mean, it's we can't, 
<laughs> we just have to do better. Right. This is our task. Right. Well, is it our? Yeah. It's one of the things where personally, I don't think. I personally don't believe that in our lifetime, even in our kids' lifetime, we're not going to see anything where we're going to be wiped off the earth unless we blow ourselves up because we're no, fighting with Russia. I mean, life itself will never right. be wiped off the earth short of nuclear disaster. Right, exactly. But, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. right. We're talking about the accelerated loss so, of species and, and the migrations of forests and, and so forth, right? Right. And, and those are meaningful things, right? Oh yeah, they are. But how, like, how do we know that the birds are migrating? There's a reason why they're migrating sooner. Did they do that in the past? How do we know that the animals are like the the whales in the ocean are taking different paths? Did they do that a hundred years ago, or two hundred years ago, or three hundred well, years ago? Of course they did, but they didn't do it right. at the same rate that they're doing it now. Right. right. That's, this is the big thing that's unprecedented. Well, we've Again, only been tracking those. Longer. We've only been tracking right. certain things for so long, like two hundred years. I guess it comes sure. down to. How but do even you over feel? That period of time, you can see an accelerated rate of change. Yeah. I guess it comes to the individual person and what makes them feel good. That's what I think. Okay, we're going to probably get this wrapped <laughs> yeah. up in about five minutes, gentlemen. So, just one more question. I'd like to for you both to ponder. I'll ask Dr. Spencer first. A hypothetical here: What would the world look like if it was proven tonight that climate change was not caused by human activity? What would the world look like tomorrow morning? <laughs> oh boy, I'm not sure what that what that question is about. Yeah, um, if if everybody woke world... up and everybody realized that there was no need to do all the things that we're doing to stop. Well, the public would continue. The public would continue on the way the what they're doing. Okay. Um, climate and... change beliefs are are, are largely religious. Anyway, people believe what they want to believe on this issue. Um, and I, I know there'd be a lot of disappointed politicians mm -hmm. because I think as far as the politicians are concerned, they're, they're, they're mostly opportunists and they're taking a side, you know, they're no. hitching their wagon to an issue. Oh, yeah. No. I <laughs> dealt with Washington for decades. I don't and, believe that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Now you're pulling my leg. <laughs> um so I, you know, I, uh, I don't know. Life would continue on as as usual. Would jobs be um, lost? Would jobs be lost? Oh, sure. Would money be re uh, you know, reallocated? That, oh, sure, but yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah, you, we'll, we'll we'll have to search. We will have to search for another threat to mankind that can only be uh, solved with hundreds of billions of the taxpayers' dollars. <laughs> Dr. Mitchell, what would the world look like t tomorrow if we discovered, indeed, climate climate was not being affected by man at all? Uh, I don't know. That's a very difficult question to think about. Um, I think I agree with Dr. Spencer on this one. I think it wouldn't look very different because I think not very much is being done as it is. <laughs> yeah. Most yeah, people aren't true. really taking it very seriously. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of statements that people accept, but, but not a lot of real action. Um, and there are a bunch of reasons for that. I think, again, Dr. Spencer has put his finger on part of it, that there's a lot of sort of, uh, we see a lot these days of people sort of picking which facts they want to accept and which ones they want to ignore based on some prior set of beliefs about mm -hmm. how they would like the world to be operating, right. or how they would like things to be disposed in order to protect their interests. Yes. 
in life, right? Yeah, that is definitely and human so it's, nature. It's hard to be sure we're getting clear answers oftentimes. And, and that's why, again, I, I come back to saying I, I trust the scientific community. I really mm-hmm. don't think that, that it makes any sense to imagine that the global uh, community of climate science is somehow manufacturing a crisis in order to get grant funding. Uh, That's not how science works. We do need grant funding, but you could just as well get grant funding by proving everybody wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Because our focus is on skepticism. It's not about everybody agreeing. It's about everybody trying to find truth. And if you think everyone else is wrong, you'd push that, right? But in fact, the consensus is that this is where things are going, and we do need to take it seriously. Okay. Very genuine. Dr. Spencer, how about a last word from you? Well, I, I guess I will just disagree on the issue that, that science is impartial. Go back and read um, President Eisenhower's farewell address from 1961. He warned that the trend towards government funding of science was going to lead to science that was in the service of government-desired policies, and that's exactly what we see in the global warming realm. I've been, I've testified in Congress and many times over the years, and I've talked to many politicians and talked to them, you know, publicly and privately about this. And I am thoroughly convinced that the climate science that is done in the United States is mostly in the service of desired policy outcomes. I went to the White House um, once and was told by Al Gore science advisor, this is 25 years ago. He said, we took care of the ozone problem, CO2 is next. Basically, we're going to outlaw CO2, and that was at the start of the IPCC, which was formed to investigate whether it's even a problem. There was a policy outcome desired, and that was the way government was going to fund the research community. Gotcha. Well, it was definitely a pleasure having you both on. I'm so happy that we all survived this. There was no F words thrown around. <laughs> and I think that's partly because Kevin was not here. So, guys, you well, were I just... Well, except that I'm freezing. We're freezing. <laughs> yeah, freezing. Yeah, it's zero There's degrees out. There's an F word for you. Yeah, there, Dr. Spencer, it's zero degrees out here in Buffalo. But it's going up to 50 by Monday. So I'd have to say that proves somehow, some way, man, is causing global warming no just kidding around yeah, it sure does <laughs> you guys were awesome we thank you very much sure. um, you guys were really amazing and super respectful to each other and i really again appreciate you guys for coming on yes thank you very much for coming on we appreciate it you made us a lot smarter <laughs> thanks guys appreciate it <laughs> made, made us look smarter <laughs> all right god bless we're gonna have you to guys. rename the podcast now though. yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right take all right, care thank you all right you're welcome bye-bye all right, that was a great discussion. Great having those guys on. Uh, Bob, what do you think? I just need something to cleanse my palate, like a yeah. discussion on Joni Loves Chachi. Yeah. <laughs> my head's bleeding. Yeah. Yes. I'm so... bleeding from the eyes on that one. <laughs> Hold on. And now it's time for Idiot Sports with your sports guy, Bob. To the end zone. Touchdown. So for Idiot Sports, what we want to do today is take a guess at who's going to win the Super Bowl and uh, the winning score. But I was going to say... Let's have the furthest well, we away by lunch for the other two. Oh, okay. So you're either get the... You mean score-wise? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, assuming we get the if, same team. And if someone gets the score right on the money, the other two buys that person lunch for a week. That's uh, okay. 
Yep, right on the money. That's great. And with my luck, I just bought you guys. Right. Or bought somebody here. <laughs> yep. Who's gonna guess first? We yeah. almost have to write it down. No, I'll guess first. Well, we got it. On, we're gonna have it re- on recording. Get it right so, down. <laughs> we, we got- <laughs> no, no, Steve. The guess. If I guess, it might influence your guess right now. Oh, oh, right. No, it down. Oh. Okay, I'll write it down. Okay, let's see. You got yours, Joe. I'll go. I'll go first. So I think the Saints are going to win it by a score. Oh, wait, they're not playing. Oh, my God. <laughs> you the are definitely Bills, not going to do too well. The Bills are going to beat the their Giants. Law, their lawsuit wasn't settled yet. See the fans suing the league over the that yeah. non-call in the game. So I will guess that the Rams are going to win it 28-24. to 24. And I'm pretty sure that data came directly from Madden NFL playing over and over again. That okay. was the consensus. Okay, Joe? I'm going to say we're going to have a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do – I want. I'm going to go more with what I want than what I think is going to happen. I don't uh, care what your procedure is to make kids. Just listen, give me a Steve. score. <laughs> listen, Steve. I'm going to go – I'm, tell, I'm, I'm, go I'm heading down the road. With my psychic first, and then I'm going to go eat some pasta – and then stop at your mom's house. And stop at Steve's mom's house and then give you a score. You jag. Okay, go. Um, I'm going to say 42. Okay, LA, 42. Mm. Patriots are going to choke at 35. <laughs> choke at 35. That's great. Anything less than the Rams right. is them choking. Okay. I say Patriots 34, Rams 22. Oh, good one. Yeah. You could be. I could be right. I could be wrong. Yep. <laughs> One of two things. But I bet you. Well, Bob, since he Kraskin. picked the Patriots winning, he loses automatically. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hey, if you guys uh, want to give your prediction, go to idiotspod.com and leave your prediction there. And you know what? If you guys get it right on the money. Steve, okay. is there a number they can text their score? Oh, yes, absolutely. Into? It's 71 OK Mug. Ha. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, you didn't catch the end. Six. Hang on. <laughs> so it's that's 71, 71 OK Mug. Ha. Six. Awesome. Great. Okay. I don't know. I don't so even just, know what the just call or text that number. and Yes. Th- there you perfect. go. That's how you dial it with Siri. Totally. She'll call us. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Do you guys know what time it is now? I hope it's trivia time. Yeah, I hope so, too. Oh, thank goodness. It's trivia time. Okay, so you guys are going to be going head to head here. Last week's trivia proved to be fairly popular with some people that I talked to. Feud. That's right. Okay, so for this trivia contest, I'm going to the website fun.lovetoknow.com. That's fun.lovetoknow.com. And if you want to play family food with your friends and family, just go there. So I'm going to give the category, and the person that picks the highest one on the board gets the point. The first one to three wins. Okay? Perfect. Does that sound good for you guys? Sounds good. All right. Got to put my hand up here to block the screen so Joe doesn't see. I'm facing the other way, Steve. (laughs) I don't want to be accused of cheating. (laughs) Okay. So you guys can just answer in any any way you want. If there's a, you guys can answer the same question, and of course it'll be a tie. Could be a strategic way of going. Name something a cowboy would hate to have happen. Joe Bob lose his dog. Lose his dog, and Joe. I'm gonna say have his horse die. Have his horse die. Neither of those gonna be up there. Yeah, I know. I don't think so. Lose his hat. 
lose his hat, lose his horse. Lose his girl. Lose yeah. his hat and or lose the horse to death. Lose the horse. And we have winner. Oh, that's the lightning sound. <laughs> and we have a winner. Joe. Have his horse die. Really? Was that yeah. what answer? Was that number one? That was the last one out of looks what like was the ten first of them. Answer? Yeah, what was the first one? Lose his hat. Lose his hat. Get shot in a gunfight. Break a spur. Get stepped on by a bull. Throw a lasso and miss. Get bucked off by a bull or horse. I hate getting bucked off. Have his gun jam. Being surrounded by Indians, or oh should say God. Native Americans. All right, maybe I thought this was, this is going to be a short show. Gets called a cowgirl. Number two. He's name called s- a cowgirl. <laughs> name something you fill with air. Balloon. Right. I'm just going to go off the board and say tire, even though I think Joe's going to be above that with balloon. Got to okay. be different. We have a winner. He's already in the lead. The answer is, the top answer on the board is balloon. Number, tire number two number three? Tire was number two. Yeah. The others were diving kit, beach ball, raft inner tube, floaties, sports balls, or basketballs, soccer balls, stuff like that, airbags, lungs, and an air mattress. Hmm. Number three, name something you do not, let me say it, name something you do not learn in school. Something you do not learn in school. And we got a, Joe's up, Joe's up two nothing, right? Yeah. Okay, he can go ahead, win Bob. it here. Go ahead, Bob. How to balance a checkbook. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to be up there, but... I, that, <laughs> something you do not learn in school. I would say everything, but... um. No, not what you did not learn in school. Oh, please. Please. Something you did not learn in school. I don't think you learn how to drive. Learn how to drive. You have to go to driving school. Well, driver's Ed is yeah. in school, but not really. Yeah. We, not for me. Neither of you got one on the board. That's remarkable. Wow. The answers are parenting, parenting, manners, ah, house good. chores, religion, common sense. You learn sense. house chores? Yeah, it's home and careers. How to behave. <laughs> this is how you Being make brownies. Remember home ec? I learned how, how to, to make, make babies. <laughs> Being good at... You learn how to make babies in high school. Yeah. What are they talking about? <laughs> this is stupid. Being good at sports. Next. How to Being change good. a tire. Totally learned how to be good at sports. Okay, in next one. I didn't make these up, so you have to yell at the people that put together this. At that whatever trivia website. Trivia at fun.lovetoknow.com. Love to know how you came up with these answers. Yeah. Okay, name something that moves very slowly. A sloth. Okay. Turtle. It's going to be a snail. Turtle. Turtle? Okay. I like turtles. I like turtles. Say it, kid. I like turtles. Joe's the winner. Okay, we have an answer. Might be Bob. Bob got it. Yep. Sloth. Number Sloth. three. Turtles were number four. Was number one. Snail was snail. Elderly there? people were number one. Elderly old people. Oh. Snails <laughs> number two. Oh, snails. Okay. Glaciers number three. Oh, Childbirth. Worms. Drunk well, people. Babies and the DMV. Childbirth. Let's talk to Ben's. Wife about that one. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Name something you think of in Spain. Running of the bulls. Okay. In Spain. In Spain. God. I'm gonna say the same thing as Bob. Okay. It's two to one. 
running the bolts. That's Joe's, what I can think Joe's of. being strategic. Yeah, he is here. being strategic. That's smart. Okay. Yep. <laughs> running the bolts is not on there. What? Close, close though. Mediterranean food. Pyrenees. The Pyrenees. 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 Dancing, bullfighting. The Moors, Spanish Madrid, oh. Barcelona beaches, and architecture. Bullfighting. So, bull fighting is on there. Okay. Next one. Yeah, Joe can just go ahead and just guess yours all the time, right? Yep. We gotta change that up, Joe. You can't. Yeah, take. unless he's certain. When you're on the when you hey, are that's strategy, go for it. Yeah. It's very strategic. Okay. So you cannot pick Bob's answer. Name something people are afraid of. Uh, Joe, you can go first. I'm going to say the dark. Dark? Okay, Bob? The boogeyman. The boogeyman. I think dark is going to be the winner. Thanks, Joe. You're the winner. Okay. <laughs> Just make me be the winner, Steve. Dark. <laughs> and you said the boogeyman. Hmm. Let's see. Monsters under your bed. Joe! Boy, that was loud. Spiders, heights, Public. other people dying, the dark, boogeyman, snakes, IRS, being alone, their boss, or getting fired. So, Joe, you win. We Yay. don't have any contest money because we didn't call anybody today. Maybe we should have called one of those scientists to have them be on the quiz. Can you imagine yeah. them? They would probably blast through that and get the number one answer with everything because they would they would do calculations in their head. And <laughs> okay. No, thank it you. It's come to that time of the podcast where we pick today's biggest idiot. It's going to be a tough one. And we've decided that we're going to go away from picking each other. We're going to actually pick somebody from our stories that you think was the biggest idiot. I've got mine locked I've in. I've got mine as well. Joe, you got yours locked in from, from the stories? stories. From our stories, Joe wasn't paying attention. We had the kid. We had the kid that Steve. froze to death outside yeah, the college. Yeah, I know. I got him. I got okay. it. I. We I got think the woman drinking vanilla, getting drunk on vanilla extract. My vote, because the kid that died in the snowbank doesn't have to put up with this his whole life, is the face tattoo of Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joe. I'm agreeing with Bob. And I am going to agree with you, too. Yeah. All right. Getting a tattoo on your face of Harry Styles makes you today's biggest idiot. Remember, you can check out our website at idiotspod.com. You can contact us by dialing and texting. Dialing or texting. Texting would be cool. 71 okay No. How does it go? 71-OK-MUG. Ha, six. Send us a text. Also, uh, we're also going to have another segment with another scientist that we had on. The former president of Greenpeace. Former president of Greenpeace Canada and co-founder of Greenpeace. So check out the interview with him. That's going to be up on our website as well. Very interesting conversation. I think you'd be very interested in hearing what he had to say. So until next time, this was episode 27. Until next week, remember... There really are no stupid things. No. How's it go? Stupid <laughs> questions, Steve. Questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. <laughs> I'm tired. Only stupid people who ask stupid questions.